Hey there, Yankee fans. It's time again for the Rich Boy Yanks podcast with Rich and Dill season four, episode number two. This week, me and Dill talk about a ton of stuff, the injuries that have hit the Yankees starting rotation uh, to start spring training, the impact of the WBC. We talk about a few more rule changes, uh, lots of news and gossip. Uh, I spent the day yesterday at Yankee spring training camp, so we get into all of that stuff. We're back into the trivia game with Dylan. He's got some more road raid issues, some interesting mailbag questions and up and in. All of that, tons of stuff, tons of fun stuff, all that coming up right now in this week's edition of the Rich Quangs Podcast. Stay tuned. All right, you guys, podcast time. We got the equipment and the perfect business plan. Give our show away for free and tell no one how to find it. Ready? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, baseball fans of all ages, it is that time again for the Rich Goy Yanks podcast with Rich and Dill, season four, episode number two, the 97th edition overall of the show. I'm down here in sunny Florida. Dylan is up in mild from what I hear in New York. Dylan, how goes it up north? Uh, it's 37 degrees right now and raining. I lied to everybody. It's been <laughs> my, it was milder last week, let's just yes. say from what I heard, right? Yes, but I'm doing good. I'm coming to you greasy right now. I haven't showered yet this morning, so absolutely unnecessary for everyone. Very greasy, especially now. I was talking to Dylan before the show as I try to adjust my lights and my camera, and I've decided that if we're depending on my looks to get us viewers or get us listeners, it's not going to happen. So it is what it is. I'll just keep this microphone right here in front of my face as I talk. Uh, I did get feedback uh, in the comments saying that I fidget too much. Sorry, guys. It's primarily a radio show. It is what it is. So, so yeah, I heard it's gonna get warm up there though, like soon. Eventually, uh, no, this I, week is supposed to be bad, but yeah. um, I think next week's supposed to be good or something like that. I think you guys are due for what they call that the Indian summer or whatever it is, where it gets like mildly, mildly hot. I know down here, this coming next week's gonna be in the mid 90s. So, mm, must be nice. Awful. No, it's not nice. I, I, everyone swears that they go, oh yeah, you move from New York, you, you're down in Florida, it's beautiful, everything is great. It's not great. You have to hide from the heat. And if you're hiding, if it's mid 90s in February, could you imagine what the summer is going to be like? It is ungodly. You can't go out of your house. So you hide from the heat, just like you hide from the winter up there. Everyone says, oh, at least I don't have to deal with that snow. 
I miss the cool air because you know what? You can put a jacket on, you can turn the heat on. There's only so many clothes you can take off. And when you go outside and the sun is just blistering. I, I go to work very early, so I'm out of the house sometimes by 2.30 in the morning. And when it's 88 degrees and humid at 2.30 in the morning, <laughs> pitch black like, dark. A, like, like a wet sponge, <laughs> and there is not a soul out, and the sun's hours from coming up, you know it's just going to be a miserable day. So Anyway, folks, that being, that being said... And uh, with uh, spring in the air, let's get to the highlights here. Your audio today is going to be the Michael K. Show talking about the Frankie Montos injury. And then a clip from MLB Central with Aaron Boone where he talks for about 10, 15 minutes with the guys about the state of the Yankees and spring training and all that good stuff. Um, Real quick breaking news, and we'll break these down a little bit more. Frankie Montos out for the year, essentially. Uh, Nestor, this news came out. Dylan sent me this right after we got off the air, after I was railing about the WBC and injuries. That uh, nasty Nestor is going to be shut down for a little bit. He's out of the WBC. But from all accounts, he will be ready early season, if not for opening day. Maybe miss a start or two, but it shouldn't be that bad. Um, other big news, I guess. The Ghost Runner is back, Dylan, for the whole regular season. The, the Manford Man, whatever you want to call it. Um, let's see what else we got. You know, let's hit some of these topics little by little before <clears> we get to. I will say I was at Yankee camp yesterday. Um I spent uh, about six hours up in Tampa. We can get to all that in a minute, but let's hit some of these topics. Let's start with Frankie Montos. Uh, Don, I'll have this question for you. Let's do it this way, because we really didn't get anything out of him last year anyway. Mm-hmm. Are the Yankees in any different shape today than they were yesterday with or without Frankie Montos? Is your expectations for the team change at all? My expectations was that he was going to be horrible again. Um, I know you were kind of thinking highly of him on last week's episode. You're kind of well, excited thought, to see I what thought, you can do. I thought it was like a bonus because nobody was yeah. talking about it. I said, if this guy is healthy, what he did out in Oakland was amazing. So, like, we, it could be – and he was going to pencil in as our fourth or fifth starter. So, like, he's not bad for a fourth or fifth starter. But um, So you don't think that this changes your expectations for the Yankees going forward, going into the year? Not really. Um, I mean, Domingo is probably going to fill up that spot. And I'd say they're just about even. I know, um, like I said, um, he didn't do anything for us last year, uh, Montos, but you got Herman, who had that one good season where I think he had 18 wins. Then had to go slap his leg around and mess it up. Yeah, he had that one good year where it's, I think, was it 16 wins or... I thought he's like 16 and 3 or something like that. Maybe. Or yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. Something like that. Well, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I, although I think the sleeper pick, I think it will be Herman who gets that spot. But I wouldn't sleep on Clark Schmidt yesterday. I saw him yesterday throw a bullpen. Not a bullpen. I saw him through a live batting practice yesterday. And I know it's early, but he looked sharp. He looked real good. So, But I know uh, both him and Herman can work out of the bullpen either way. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But... Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think Herman, since he's been used to it, he just slides right into that number five role. It's funny. You know what we don't talk about anymore? You don't talk about the kids, you know, the Debbie Garcias anymore. You don't really hear about any big names that we have down yeah. on the farm system coming up. There's really nothing there. Besides our bullpen guys like, you know, King and Schmidt and Herman, who can do a little bit of both, you don't really talk about who's the guy that we bring up to pitch anymore. And that's kind of concerning for the Yankees. I guess you can go out and always go out and get an arm free agency but right now it's all about infielders and outfielders and position players and minors but I agree with you I don't think this makes a big difference um for my expectations of the year I was kind of looking at it as a bonus you know I was like look no one's really talking about him if we can get some stuff out of him the thing that aggravates me is they're just determining this now that he needs surgery like it's it's February like yeah just now like he's been he was hurt 
in November of last year, October, late October. Why didn't he have the surgery then? Like, if that was the case, I guess, listen, from what I hear, everything they say is surgery is always their last option. They don't want to do surgery. But every year, it seems like something like this happens where they show up to spring training. Oh, guess what? He needs surgery. Well, we just wasted three fucking months where he could have had the surgery. And maybe we're looking at him coming back around the summertime trade deadline, you know, instead of a big acquisition, instead of being out the whole year. But I mean, I don't know. It's just it's it's another wasted trade. We seem to have very bad luck trading with Oakland. Yes. Oakland, Sonny Gray. It, just, it doesn't seem to work out. Billy Bean and those guys. Is Billy Bean still there? Either? I don't know. I don't know. Probably. They, they they seem to fleece us. Them in Seattle seem to do a pretty good job of uh, fucking Brian Cashman and the Yankees over. So, I mean, listen, let's be honest. I would have made the Sonny Gray deal at the time. I wanted them to do it. I would have. I made the Frankie Montos deal. We know he was the second. Everybody wanted the kid that went to Seattle. Um, who's the kid that won the trade? Um, the pitcher, uh, Castell. What is it? Um, Luis. That's he was from the Reds, though, right? Yes, but he went to Seattle. They traded for him last yeah. year at the trade deal. That's what I mean. But he was the number one trade target everybody wanted. Frankie Montos was clearly a second. From what I hear, they wanted Volpe, Dominguez. They wanted all of our top prospects for Castillo. So you, you took the secondary guy. You get what you get. I guess the only thing you can say is maybe they didn't do their due diligence on the injury. Because he clearly had the injury when he was at Oakland. Because he wasn't but, pitching. I mean, that, that's not all on them, though. He could have been, like, hiding it, you know. But he was like, on the no, D. I'm he, fine. He, dude, he was on the I.L. in Oakland. He wasn't pitching. He yeah. was on the I.L. when we traded for him with a shoulder injury. Like, if you're trading for a guy that's currently on the I.L., don't you do, like, I, I don't know. Look, I'm not a doctor, but that that's a bad sign. So, I don't know. It is what it is. I agree. I think it'll be Herman in that last spot. You agree, Herman? Yeah. I, I looked it up. In 2019, he was 18-4. and four. 18 and 4, so that's a pretty good year. Pretty nuts. Pretty good year. Yeah. All right, and Nestor. Nestor now out of the WBC. They're saying potentially he misses his first or second start. You don't really get to see him until late April. Not really a huge deal in April because they have a lot of off days anyway, so they can probably go with a four man rotation for a little bit anyway. Um, you worried about Nestor, or this is kind of like his third lower body injury in a row now that he's had? Um,. I mean, I see the videos. He is pitching. I, I can speak firsthand. I watched him pitch yesterday. He threw so I don't know how legitimate the injury is, honestly. You think it's more I'm, precau- I'm, I'm going to come out and say it, that it's either precautionary or they just don't want him pitching in the WBC and they just didn't want to say that. I'm fine with that. I don't care yeah. what it is. I will tell you that yesterday he did not throw live batting practice. He threw on the side yesterday so he threw a regular bullpen um and we'll get to that in a minute i have i have tons of stuff dylan's gonna go hopefully don't ask me some questions otherwise i'm gonna ramble for an hour and a half about yesterday but um all right so uh the ghost runner's back are we okay with that dylan or uh, not, for, not for not for the playoffs just the regular season i would prefer that if it wasn't i mean we got a lot of new rules that are gonna speed up the game like the pitch clock and stuff so i prefer that if it wasn't in there but it's not not the end of the world I, I'm actually okay with it at this point. I guess I'm kind of used to it. I think it just had to take some time. And as long as it's not in the playoffs, the playoffs, you're going to get a legit game. I'm okay with it now. It is what it is. I don't think it really affected anything. It is shortening the games. Listen, I'm a baseball nerd. I can watch baseball for five, six hours and not have a problem with it. But I can understand the casual fan not wanting to see a game go into the 19th inning. And, you know, it's, it's just not – It's you basically it's just who survives at that point. So I guess I'm okay with it as well. All right, so here's the big controversy everyone was talking about. Last week, Aaron Judge was working out at first base and the Yankee universe broke down for some reason. Uh, 
everybody was, oh my God, what are they doing? This is crazy. Uh, he's, he's working out left field. He's working out at first base. Dylan, please tell me that you don't believe this is a, this is a big deal. Please. It is not. It's not like he's strapping up and being the catcher. Jesus. You know? It's, it's, oh. it's first base. That's what the position I played when I was morbidly obese. You know, you don't really and have to do much. Can I tell you something? He will be a first baseman eventually. Eventually, guys, yes. Guys, he's 31 years old right now. He's going to be, what, 32 this season? He signed for another nine years after this. He's going to be 40-plus years old. You think he's going to be playing center field? No. I have newsflash for you. Mickey Mantle played first base. Yogi Berra played first base. Everybody who plays long enough will move to first base. It's just a, you want him to stay on the team, he's going to be a DH slash first baseman. The last couple years of Aaron Judge, guys, are not going to be pretty. Please brace yourself for this because we're going to be having conversations. Well, I don't know if we will or me and Dylan will. Who knows? Maybe we'll be huge Yankee commentating stars by then. But let me tell you Take something. Take Michael Kay's job. Yes. Let me tell you this right now. He will be a first baseman, and it will be ugly. He'll be serviceable. He'll be batting 260. He'll be hitting 18 home runs a year, and that's what you're going to get, and that's what you signed up for when you know you give that guy this kind of deal. You just hope that the next four or five years, he puts up 40-plus home runs. That's it. So I everybody, mean, look, look at Dark Cheater. Look at CeCe. It is what Same it is. Things. It Same is things. what it is. You know, we, we gave Derek Jeter that last contract as a make good. We like, look, we love you, buddy. You don't deserve it. As far as your ability right now, but for what you did and the rings that you gave us, we're gonna we're gonna pay you so you can go out on your own terms. And it was the right thing to do. I'm fine with it. I mean, he wasn't an embarrassment in short. He still played good defense. He just didn't hit the ball. But it is what it is. Yes, Yankee Universe just calm down. It's just him getting reps. He's gonna play left field too. They're saying this year, so that Stanton can play some right at home, especially where the Yankees have a big left field. The guy proved he could play center last year. I have no doubts he could play left. It's fine. I mean, listen, he's the better defender than Stanton right now. It makes sense that he plays those positions. And Stanton says, uh, listen, I listened to him with his own words yesterday. I listened to him and Judge talk for 45 minutes yesterday. I stood two feet away from him and listened to them talk. Literally have conversations. They're the ones that worked out together, him and Stanton. When they buddied up for um, training exercise, it was him and Stanton. When they played catch, it was him and Stanton. Uh, when they were sitting off to the side talking, it was him and Stanton. Judge and Stanton are fine. It's not a big thing like, oh, he's taking my spot. This is something I'm sure Judge probably offered to do. He's like, dude, I'll play left. I don't care. I have no doubt that if they asked him to play first, he'd go play first. He's a team guy, so it, it'll be fine. And look at what it does to Stanton when he plays the field. <coughs> and look, It's almost like night and day. Stanton is begging to play the field. So let him do it. What, uh, that helps us. It helps everybody. He doesn't get injured as much. It's proven. He plays better when he's more when he's playing the field. Everybody says it. Let the guy just play. The Yankees need to take the bubble wrap off of these guys. And I'm going to get a little bit of, into that when we talk about my day yesterday, too, because you want to talk about bubble wrap. The way that the oof. Dylan, if you saw the way that these guys are training, it, it is it is preschool calisthenics that they're doing with these kids, they, these Yankee players. I'm talking about. Uh, you know, two jumping jacks and stop and take a break. It was unbelievable, the stuff I saw yesterday. But anyway, um, oh, here's some other news. Uh, the MLB TV package this year is going to include minor league baseball. So with your MLB.TV package, which I've had for years and years and years, you are now going to get minor league baseball games as well, over 7,000 games. You're pretty much going to get all the AAA games and most of the AA games and limited single-A games. So that is really a big deal for baseball nerds like myself who want to go ahead and watch the minor league baseball. You can watch, you know, Volpe, get his at-bats, get his hacks at the minor league level. I think that's a really big thing. I never understood why they tried to charge you extra for it. It was an extra, like, $119 or something yeah, for the minor league package. Nuts. It was insane. 
Now it's going to be all included in one price, but they did raise the price, I think, by like 10 or 15 bucks for the whole package. But to me, it's well worth it. I mean, if but now can you fan, watch your mighty muscle? That's the thing. They're they're it's blacked uh, out, right? Well, no, I I doubt they would black out local because they don't have television contracts. Uh -huh. So I don't think they would black those out. There are no restrictions as far as minor league baseball. I just don't think that they have um, some of these A-ball stadiums are not set up to broadcast. They're literally like two cameras. You've seen, like you'll see yeah, pretty soon like when, they start having, game. when they start doing even spring training games, a lot of these stadiums, you get that one view behind the net that they're showing you highlights yeah. today in spring training. And it's like that same view. So I don't know, maybe they, maybe they will, um, you know, maybe they upgrade. I mean, really, what do you need with the, with the size of cameras? Now you could just yeah. put two stationary cameras, but I know they have broadcasts. Because you, I've listened to the you can audio hear the while I'm at the game. Yeah, yeah, I've listened to it. So they do have live broadcasts. So we'll see. I just think it's going to be a big plus. So, um, All right. Well, let's get to my day yesterday. So I, I've been railing on this for a while. Um, this is this is a hidden jewel in, in baseball and the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees don't do very much for free. In other words, they don't, they don't give away very much for free. This is one of those things that they do. The Yankees do something from when pitchers and catchers to report until the first spring training game. They do about six days of what they call open practices, where basically they just open the gates and let people come in and hang out. Um, now, they don't promise you anything. You don't know what you're going to see. You could go there. I've been there some years and, and saw two guys play catch for 15 minutes, and that was it for the day. I went one year where I tried to go two days in a row. The first day was great. I saw a lot of good stuff. The second day, um, Aaron Boone, or maybe even Girardi at that time, took the team out to a movie. So you just didn't, so, so nothing. It was nothing. It was like a team event, and they're just like, well, fuck, you didn't pay to get in. You saw something, you didn't see something. Yesterday was not one of those days. Yesterday, I picked the perfect time to get there. Um, and essentially, just to explain the scenario, the parking's free. The entry is free. They have one or two concession stands open even. I would say probably about 100 to 150 people there yesterday. Um, and essentially, you could just walk in and roam around. You can walk around, sit anywhere you want. You can look at anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. Um, and if you haven't been to Tampa, to their minor league ballpark, they have the main stadium, which is where the A-ball Tampa Tarpons play. And then they have one, two, three fields off to the side that are connected. And then a half field, a half infield with it's just an infield part um, outside the stadium. So um, I've been there before, so I know where the Yankees clubhouse is during the spring. It's it's right behind the bullpen. So I immediately walk over and kind of post up above the bullpen because I know that's where you can kind of actually see leaning over. You can see the end of the clubhouse. So you can see players moving around and stuff. I watched when, you know, one of the instructors came out. He literally had his sheet of the activities for the day, the schedule. And I can read it, it was real big letters. It would say, you know, it said, catchers work out field one, this time, this time, batting practice. And it had the guy's names, Rizzo, Hicks, blah, 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 12 o'clock. As soon as I looked down and I saw it said, outfielders field two at 10 o'clock, which is exactly the time it was, I left the main stadium and ran over to the second field and got the best spot that you could possibly get for the outfielders. And sure enough, five minutes later, here comes Dominguez, Stanton, Judge, all the outfielders, Nick Swisher, was there as a special instructor. So they all come out and um, literally, I, you know, I stand behind. And guys, when I tell you it's a great place to see, you are literally, and I posted some pictures on our socials. If you want to see them, uh, Rich Corianics on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. The YouTube page, I downloaded a few videos. Um, you're literally two feet away from these guys. Like I'm listening to the conversation. It's really weird Dylan, because I will tell you, even when you're in the main uh, stadium, 
the fans know to be very respectful so it's different than a normal baseball crowd nobody's talking you know mm -hmm. people are talking to each other but they're talking quietly it's almost like you're being respectful of what's going on because they're instructing there's actually instructors teaching them on the field. Not that they got to teach it, but, you know, going over stuff with them on the field. And you can hear the conversations between the players on the field from the stands. And, you know, say somebody gets a hit during batting practice. Nobody claps. Nobody cheers. You're just watching quietly and kind of respectfully. And I think that's the only way that they, that the reason that they let fans in to do this. Nobody's really, I mean, there's a few young kids there looking for autographs and stuff, but not many. I will tell you that by the time I, I watched the judge and Stanton and all these guys do their, their childish calisthenics and all the nonsense that they were doing after they had catch and warm up word had gotten out from inside stadium that judge was outside and all the kids and young people that were inside started making their way out then i left when that happened i went back inside which was great because now there's nobody inside and i got to sit back and um listen to higgy and trevino crack jokes what you know bust the other chops a little bit so um it is an absolute great thing any yankee fan who wants to get down for spring training come down four or five days before the games start and go to one of these i promise you you'll have more fun if you're a yankee nerd like myself at one of these five or six hour practices than you will go into a spring training game because spring training yankee games it's just like a regular yankee game in new york it's packed there's barely a seat to be had most of the times i end up standing it's hot you never there's know no shade yeah you never know who's gonna play in those games like quite honestly, the spring training games are getting to the point where these guys play, you know, maybe four or five big guys and they get one or two at bats and then that's it for the day. You're watching guys, you know, you're never going to see again play. Um, I literally, I was telling um, Dylan before, so let, let me just go through some of the stuff I saw. Obviously Stanton and Judge and Dominguez. Let me tell you something right now, Dominguez looks like an infant standing next to Judge and Stanton. And he's uh, a the, big guy. And he's a bit, he's, he's big, but he's big wide wise. He's not big tall. He's built like a fire hydrant. Um, he was getting a lot of love yesterday. Switcher was busting his chops pretty hard. Uh, Switcher, man, I, I got to tell you, his fucking attitude and energy is is, is electric, man. He it's does the best, he, yeah. it's, it's not a joke, man. What you see is what he is. He, he's busting. They were talking about Xbox yesterday. So him, Stan, <laughs> and Judge were talking about PlayStation and Xbox. I guess You know happened, why? Why? Because I saw on their uh, Instagram story... Yeah. As they as they ask them when they come in in the morning, they they've been asking them questions like one ah, day that makes it was sense, Xbox yeah. or PlayStation, and then the next day, I think ah, yesterday, I think it was okay. what Mario Kart character do you pick? That makes more sense because I was yeah. like, why are the, why are all these guys talking about Xbox? But uh, so they were they were talking about that, and um, listen, I, I I'm leaning on the rail, um, over. So I watched the outfielders for a little bit. I walked over to the other field where some infielders were taking batting practice. And I'm leaning on the rail, and uh, I didn't even look to my left, to be honest with you. Like, there's Yankee, they're all wearing um, the blue covers over their shirts, so you don't see their numbers for the most part. So if you don't recognize their face, you're like, the average fan's probably not going to know who they are. Like, it took me a minute to figure out that that was Swisher until he started talking, because they're all wearing, like, pullovers. Judge and Stan, you can't miss. Dominguez, you can't miss. There's certain guys. Floriel's a real big guy. You can't miss these guys. But I'm standing there next to this, and this guy goes to me. He's on the other side of the cage. He goes, hey, what's up? And I go, hey, it's fucking Willie Randolph. So I go, uh, hey, uh, hey, I get kind of starstruck, starstruck because I'm turning looking, and I'm like, it's fucking Willie Randolph. He goes, hey, I'm Willie. I go, yeah, yeah, I know who you are, sir. <laughs> and uh, we have a whole conversation. Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. He asked, he's asking me. The, he started... Willie Randolph started a conversation with me yesterday for about 14 minutes at Yankee training camp yesterday. I'm just telling you guys, 
if you're a Yankee fan and you want these kind of things to happen to you, you got you to get yourself there. It was just amazing. He's talking to me about um, he uh, used to go to a restaurant in uh, Rockland County. Um, I forget the name of what he said when I told him where I was from. He's like, oh, I used to go to a restaurant there in uh, Terrytown or something like that. And I, I'm sitting here baffled, trying to control myself. I'm like, this. listen, I was born in 73, so Willie Randolph was very much a thing in my first Yankee teams that I remember. And he's conversating me about restaurants and what he had for dinner and where I'm from and all that stuff. And couldn't have been nicer. He was a real nice guy. He said, he literally asked me, hey, do you want me to sign something? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, though. Now, I hope he didn't think that I was trying to, like, I didn't want the signature. But I make it a point when I go to these kind of things. And it's just always been one of my rules. I've never asked for an autograph. Never once. Um, I'll yeah, get pictures and I'll do that. Yeah, know? it's not what I'm there for. And I find that you get more out of these guys when you don't ask for stuff. I've gotten, you know, a bunch of foul balls and stuff like that. I've never once asked for a ball. You know, I've never, yeah, yeah, yeah give me a I, I, I never asked for a I go. If something happens organically, it's great. If I get a ball or something like that, it's great. But I've never actually went out and asked it. So um, got to talk to Willie Randolph. If you guys know um, Brian Hoke. Yankee beat reporter. I got a chance to see him yesterday, spend a little time. I essentially then posted up behind home plate and I watched live batting practice with um, Clark Schmidt, uh, Canely, and Clay Holmes. And what they did is they took turns pitching to a couple batters each. It was limited to one at bat. So basically the guys who were taking batting practice were Rizzo, Hicks, Glaber, Bader, Donaldson, and LeMayhew, who I saw take batting practice. So essentially, I'm literally sitting behind the cage, not far off from where Aaron Boone or somebody would watch them take batting practice, watching these guys take hacks. Actually, one of the videos, I'm not sure if the one I posted, Bader almost got hit in the head yesterday. So, um, mm. But I mean, it's guys, I can't tell you how how nerded out I was. At one point, there's another story. Um, a team, a Little League team, um, I don't know, it's a Dominican team or, or something like that, a little team of full uniforms, come down and sit to the left of me behind me, like 15 players just sitting there. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, why do they all just come sit like right behind me? And um, um, Cabrera comes out, sits next to me and starts having a, a discussion with them. Like they must have arranged it where he was, he was going to talk to these kids. Yeah. But he's like to my left, just speaking Spanish, talking to these kids. And I'm sitting there like, all right, this is awkward. I'm going to get up and move now because they're just pretending I'm not there because I'm watching batting practice and he's kind of sitting next to me, but he's got his back to the field and I'm watching. I'm like, all right, this is, this is weird. I'm going to get up and move now. But guys, I mean, did you, did you move? I did. I got up and I got up and move. Well, it was just about the end of the day. I had already seen their, their actual schedule on the paper. So I knew the last batting practice was at 150. And you can hear them talking to the clubhouse guys. And you heard Matt Blake, the pitching coach, which another thing was really cool with him, but you heard him say, yeah, that's it. We're done. And the field crew comes out and starts cleaning up the, the mound. So I'm like, all right, that's it. They're done. They're not going to clean the mound off and rake everything if they're going to do anything else. Yeah. But I mean, what else? I'll, I'll wrap it up with this first segment with this. Um, I watched Trevino and Higgy. They set up uh, pitching machines in uh, the three relay positions in the outfield, left, center, and right, and had one guy at each person just dropping balls into practice, throws at home, you know, digging out balls in the dirt. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it was it was a lot of fun. The, the, the batting practice was weird because they were clearly working on the pitch clock. That was a big thing. Blake yeah. set up a screen behind the mound, and him and the bullpen coach. What's the bullpen coach? Is Mike Carkey? Yes, Mike Carkey. Yep. So they're behind home plate. They also clearly had 
a robotic ump set up for home plate because they were getting balls and strikes on their iPad. Mm. They were behind home plate, but they were getting balls and strikes called because Matt Blake was yelling out, ball, strike, ball, strike to the batter. Um, but they were working on this uh, pitch clock, and I can tell you that they, Clark Schmidt, Clay Holmes was the only one that had a little bit of problem with it, but they were getting the ball. So essentially, once they get the ball back from the catcher, the 15-second clock starts. The second they go into their motion, they're good. As long as they go into their motion, they almost all went into their motion as time was expiring. So it is a lot faster pace. I will tell you that, like just watching it, like, you know how you're accustomed to the ball going back and they walk around the mound or whatever? Yeah. Pick up that, the rosin bag. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't happen. It's, it's, it's a lot of bang, bang. Like, and you can tell that the pitchers are struggling to like call signs because it's, it's not, you know, I know they have the, the, the pitch com. Mm-hmm. And for what I also saw yesterday, the pitchers have pitch com now on their wrist where mm-hmm. they can call, they can communicate with the, with the catchers as well. So you can clearly see this day. It's on its wristband. He can actually call pitches back. I don't know if that's going to be during the season or not, but they had it going both ways. But the, the, the game pacing, was it was very quick. I will tell you this. They're definitely babying these players because, like, I mean, literally, I was telling Dylan early before we got on, Aaron Judge and Carlos Stanton are doing, like, three jumping jacks at a time, and then they make them stop. And then the next person goes. They would do, like, a, a small jog for five steps, and then they would take a break. Like, it's really, they really coddle. They would not let, like, Rizzo was getting frustrated because he wanted to get hacks, and he wasn't getting pitches he could hit. And they kept making him, no, you're done. You had your at bat, you're done. And they'd make him go sit, and he'd have to wait the whole turn around for another six guys to go before he get hit again. And he was like, come on, let's go. Like he was getting frustrated. He wanted to swing and they wouldn't let him swing. It was just, it was, they're very controlling as far as what I can see these guys doing. Like I will say, uh, I give props to Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole came out. He threw a bullpen um, underneath the stadium. And then he came out and signed autographs for over an hour. So mm. he, he lined up near the gate. He had the, the, the crew that was there, had everybody lined up straight there. And he went a good, I had to say at least it was a good hour in the sun. So he actually got a, a standing ovation when he left from the, the fans that were there because he signed. Even though there was still a long line of people waiting, he signed for a good hour before he left. And the other guy signed too, out like on the outfield. I don't know if Judge signed or I had left at that point, but um, there was a bunch of other guys who were happy to sign. They have the fences set up. It's really weird. Where they I have saw like, a picture. Yeah, they have like a jail it's like a separation. Yeah, yeah, so you can reach in between and sign and stuff like that. But um, it was a great time, guys. I highly recommend it. If you ever get the chance to come down, I'm going to get Dylan to come down next year. Um, other notables that I saw there, uh, Jeff Nelson sitting a couple of seats over for me, the old Yankee. I said Willie Randolph, Nick Swisher, um, great personality. Um, who did we see? So we saw, I, I, I mean, listen, for, for going there and not knowing what you're going to get, I got quite a bit to see Judge Stanton, Floriel, Dominguez, Hicks, Bader, Cabrera, Rizzo. Holmes, Rizzo, Canely, Schmidt, Glaber, uh, DJ, Rizzo, Donaldson, IKF. I mean, I got to see quite a few of these guys just practicing in their elements. So it was a lot of fun and very successful trip. And like I said, those videos are up on YouTube. I posted a couple of them. If you guys want me to post more, just let me know. Or if you want me to send you, I can give you a photo dump. If anybody wants to see all the pictures, I can. I probably took 100. I can send them to you if you just email us at richboryanks at gmail.com. I can send them out to you. Oh, and the other thing, did you see this? Before we wrap up this one segment, though, uh, the Mariano controversy with his song. Where he, no. uh, yeah, so event, uh, one of the local broadcasters, I don't know, it was Fox 5 or something like that, were interviewing him about something else. 
and they said, uh, "What is your comparison between your entry song and the Mets Diaz oh, entry song?" Yeah. yeah, and he was like, "Well, it's really no comparison." And he was like, "Well, mine is backed with championships, the championships, and playoff wins. And theirs is not." And I absolutely agree. I mean, come on, guys. There's no. We got Enter Sandman by Metallica and, and Timmy Trumpets with the Mr. and Mrs. Met playing little plastic <laughs> Just listen plastic to the two different trumpets. artist yeah. names. Timmy Trumpet I mean, come and on. Metallica. It's, 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 not even, it's not even close. And to his point, and Mo's not that guy. Mo doesn't talk crap. He really doesn't. He's, he's the consummate professional. So he, what he was trying to say is like, give the guy some time. Like, you know, if we're talking five rings and 20 years of, of playoff baseball, you know, then, then we can revisit Then Timmy it, Trumpet would be yeah, right. exactly. It's crazy. All right, so before we wrap up this first segment, let's do this date in baseball because we still have a lot of stuff we need to get to. Uh, in 1957, Dodgers owner Walter O'Malley trades minor league franchises, not players, franchises, with Phil Wrigley of the Cubs. Brooklyn gives up its Fort Worth Club Texas League in return for the Los Angeles Pacific Coast League Angels. In a year's time, Brooklyn would be out of Brooklyn, and they would be in Los Angeles as the Brooklyn, as the Los Angeles Dodgers. So it was a precursor to them moving out to L.A., and uh, New York baseball would never be the same. They would be gone. The Giants would be gone. New York Giants not that far after, and it wouldn't be until the New York Metropolitans would show up mm. that the New York would have two baseball teams. Dylan, do you ever think another baseball team could make it in New York? A third like team? adding a third one? Yeah. Uh... I would say maybe in um, like northern New York, like you know how the Bills are, like way um, up, way upstate, like Buffalo or Syracuse or something. Yeah, because like I mean they have Toronto up there, but who wants to root for Canada? <laughs> well, Canadians, I'm sure. Well, yeah, yeah but not I, northern I, New Yorkers. I had always thought where, where where I'm from. I was from Rockland County. Um, I always thought that somewhere in between, like kind of like the Dutchess County area, or something like that, might support a, a big team. But then again. The minor league teams only do so-so, right? They only draw yeah, so-so. They're not, they yeah. don't really draw big, so maybe not the population might not be there for it. I don't know. All right, well, folks, don't go away. We've got a lot more to do. We've got uh, good trivia questions today. I have some bonus trivia for Dylan about payroll. we got what's bothering Dylan, and we got mailbag questions up and in when we come back on the Rich Cornyanks podcast in just a minute. Welcome back, guys, to the show. Um, that was our recap of, or my recap, of uh, Yankee Land yesterday. So I've done enough talking. So this is the part of the segment where Dylan's going to do a lot of the talking. And we're going to get to, before we do a trivia questions, we're going to get we're gonna jump right into the What's Bothering Dylan segment this week. So Dylan, oh, we're going to switch it up here. We're going to switch it up because I'm, I'm, I'm gathering my questions. I want to make sure I get the right ones because, as you know, as I told you folks last week, we're going to track how well you do a trivia for the rest of the season this year we're gonna we're gonna ask you we're gonna give you a a, a batting average of sorts with trivia questions okay so by the this end is of the year, start we'll know how you do this, this is, is the, this, this will is be opening the official day. first opening day for trivia so in the meantime dylan what's bothering you this week all right so another week another uh what's bothering dylan that's about driving it's a very common uh common theme if you're topic. a fan of the show yes. you've heard it um so i'm gonna go with blinker usage <laughs> or lack thereof or lack thereof there's okay. So, you know, a blinker is a good thing to have. It tells you where you're going and when you're going to turn. Definitely serves a purpose. But if you use it wrong, <laughs> it frustrates me. 
Well, what? Give us an example of using a turn signal wrong. All right. So, my dad either doesn't use a blinker or he uses it for like a second and then turns it off. Oh, he's one of those quick guys. Like I flipped it. You saw yeah, it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So there's that, right? Mm -hmm. Then there's the people that just leave it on and forget oh, yeah. that it's on. Yep. Turn it on. I put it on. It's on for today. That's it. Yep. Yep. So you're like, all right, are you gonna like pull off the highway or what are you doing here? You know. And then, yeah. then you got people that um use it like too much you know what i'm saying like they turn it on and they leave it on but then they turn it off but it's like it's there for too long gotcha like we've already made the turn i've already made yeah. the lane change it's done already yeah now it's on too much gotcha but i feel gotcha. like when you make these turns the blinker should shut off automatically right but sometimes well, it just stays on if you're going lane to lane like if you're using it to indicate that you're shifting lanes it would not because theoretically your wheel has to turn like a certain yeah, amount before I guess. it to shut off but you should know i mean it's clicking you hear it click 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 yeah click like you see it flashing on your screen as well that it's still going on so you're just not you're you're oblivious all right so then my complaint was pretty much the people that leave it on but i want to <laughs> ask I want to ask your opinion here. Yes. So you're on the highway. You go into the right lane to get off on an exit. Okay. Right. Now, once you're on the exit, you shut off your blinker, right? Correct. Once you're in the turning lane. In the like, lane? It, you don't it, need uh, it. You mean on the shoulder, you mean? Yeah. Like once I've made the turn onto the shoulder. Correct. Yes. Yes. Well, because right. you want to turn it off because you could be going right or left at the end of the ramp. Exactly. Yes. Right. So that that's my thing. But when people just leave it on, it bothers me. I don't know if they're just old and they can't hear it. Or they have music on too loud and don't know it's on, but it's it's not good. Like it, one one of our uncles, you, you your great uncle actually, my uncle Gus, um, rest in peace, has passed away. But he yes. was notorious for leaving his blinker on for oh, miles and miles and it. miles. Like he would turn it on and it was just on for the day. That's it. Like he was making a, he made a left hand turn out of the driveway and it stayed on the entire time. That was it. And you never know what they were gonna do. Now you have to be. I'm down here in Florida, and. Number one, there's two things that they don't do in Florida. They never make you recertify that you're eligible to drive no matter how old you get. Mm -hmm. And number two, there's no emissions test or safety test for cars. You don't need to inspect your car every year. You can drive anything. So once you once you, you pay your registration, just like in other states, but there's no actual inspection process. So nobody's checking your tires. Nobody's checking your emissions. No one's check. You could drive anything. If it's got four wheels on it, you can register, put a plate on it, and drive it. So you have these older folks, not to pick on some of the seniors down here, but who are driving these giant cars, Lincoln Town cars, Cadillacs. I mean, these massive cars. And they do not care. They can barely see over the steering wheel. I mean, I listen, I work with a few of them who are older people and I see them on a daily basis and it scares me to death. I let them leave first every day. I'm like, no, I'm going to let them drive away before I get in my car because it's it's to that point. It's 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 scary. Like there has to be some kind of law put in place where you need to get tested after the age of like 60 yeah. every year. You know, just a basic test. Let's just let's just let's just check on the hood. Eyesight sure or something. You're doing yeah. okay, something because it's it's really bad. Like all you see when you when you drive on the highway down here. I live in a very uh, seasonal area, so all the people from other parts come down here half the year. They're down here now, and literally what the state flag of Florida should be is just knuckles on the top of the steering wheel because that's all you see you barely see their heads or their faces or anything it's just knuckles and these guys are all driving the biggest most ridiculous cars and they don't care i watched a guy recently back into a target and you know they have a couple like the light poles are on like these big cinder block things that yeah. they light pull up 
he just continued to back in, smash the back of his car into this concrete pole five times. He backed up, bang, hit it, pulled up forward, got out of his car, looked a little bit, got back in the car, backed up, bang, hit it again. He did it five times until finally someone over said, sir, you're smashing the back of your car. Oh, okay. Didn't care less. Just went about his day, went in shopping like nothing happened. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Not good for the person he's going to kill. Yeah, it's 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 a problem. People's driving is a problem, and now you know with these road rage issues. Yeah. Everybody's got guns. You got to be careful because. And everyone in Florida pretty much is predominantly elderly, right? It's elderly. A big part yes. of your population. Oh, huge part of the population. Yes, and it's a problem because. It, Technology is a problem for these people. Driving is a problem for these people. So everything's an issue. I see one of my, I'll do a What's Bothering Rich. If I see one more of these, these old people go up to a self-checkout register and just stare at it and throw their hands up in the air. I'm then, like, what, 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 what did you think was going to happen? Like, you clearly know, like, if you have your, your flip phone still because you can't use a smartphone, which is fine. It's your choice. Why would you bring your shopping cart full of 67 items? to the self-checkout register and then just stand there and stare at it like like the robot was supposed to come out and ring up your stuff. Like, I don't understand it. Now, listen, I know it's difficult because they don't open a lot of registers. It's mostly self-checkout now. No one wants to work anymore. I so, get it. It so is yeah, what it what is. Happens. But if your technology, if you're, if you're, if you're a technology challenge, don't go up to the self-checkout register and try to figure it out. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. I just, you got to know your limitations. Either keep up or move aside. Like, I mean, it's funny because when I, I work in grocery stores primarily and during COVID, the big thing was a lot of these older people were saying, oh my God, what am I going to do? I can't shop. And we would tell them, you know, you can just get the stuff delivered, you know, right on your app. You just, you just point, point the little picture once it's set up with your account and stuff and they'll just bring it to your house. Oh, I can never do that. I can never do that. I cannot tell you how many of them now did not come back to the stores because they figured it out. They were forced to. And now they get their stuff delivered and they love it. They don't leave the house. They're like, well, no, I just press these buttons and somebody brings it to me. So I don't know. You got to force yourself to learn stuff, I guess. So My my favorite thing with self-checkout yes. or, or anything in general is when old people pay with credit card yes. and they have to insert it. Yes, and they can't put it in the right way. Well, not that they can't put it in the right way, but they put it in and then like leave it in there, and the machine is like yelling <laughs> at them to take it out, take and they just they just like are just standing there. Like I don't, I just I don't know. We're off on a tangent here, but I was at a Circle K. Do you have those up there? Ah, uh, no, but K. I'm familiar with them. Okay, so I was at a Circle K. It's kind of a gas station convenience store, and they don't have anybody working the registers. And I'm like, all right, wow, they must have put self-checkouts in here. And they did, sort of, but it's not a self-checkout that I've ever seen before. It's essentially a big square, okay, with a bar kind of hanging in the air around the square. You put whatever product you're buying, just drop it in. You don't scan a card or anything, and it literally recognizes it with the cameras. A picture of it pops up on the screen, what you bought, how much it costs, and you pay on an iPad right next to it. There's not even somebody behind the register. He's out stocking shelves or doing whatever. And I bought like a fountain drink. I was just buying a styrofoam cup fountain drink. And sure enough, before I could drop it on the pad, the cameras recognized it, bing, tapped my card and I was gone. But this poor lady behind me, you might as well have told her we, she, had, she had moved to the planet Mars because she, she walks up with her bottle of water and her nuts and she didn't know what she was. I don't know what to do. I think she was going to cry. She was just like, I don't, I, I, sir, sir, can you help me, sir? And the guy's yelling from the back. He's like, just drop it in the box, man. Drop it on the box. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, I think we're going too fast for some of these folks, but 
Did you get a Diet Coke though? Is that what I you did, got? I did got my Diet Coke, yes. All I got right. Diet Coke. That's uh, good. Polar, polar cup is what they call so. Nice. All right. We're going to get to trivia, and Dylan, we're going to track your, your progress this year. So we're going to get oh to boy. five. Pressure's on. Five traditional questions, but I will also have two bonus questions, and it's kind of a bonus round at the end of this. So let's get to our five questions. Some extra first. innings. Yes. If anybody's ever heard the show before, I give Dylan a question with four multiple choice chances. He gets five questions. He has to get three right to win the week. So he can either win the week or lose the week. We'll keep track of that, but we're also going to keep track of his actual percentage as a whole. And we'll revisit that as we go on. All right, I'm going to start you off with a softball. This is an All easy right. one to get a Soft toss. Which Toronto Blue Jays pitcher was nicknamed Doc? Okay. Is it Tom Hankey, Roy Halladay, Pat Henkin, or Jimmy Key? Roy Halladay. Except Doc I, Halliday. Love, I love Tom Hankey. Tom Hankey's a great baseball name, actually. Did they have glasses? Glasses, glasses. Yeah. yes. That was Tom Hankey. Okay. All right, one for one, Dylan. We're off to a good. We're off to a good. Batting point. a thousand, for now. Here we go. Who was the? F- who was the first player? Let me get rid of that question. So Pete Weber. Who was the first player to throw a pitch as a Washington National? Oh. Okay, so here we go. Here are your choices. Was it Levon Hernandez, John Patterson, Tony Armas, or Esteban Loaiza? Your four choices uh, again: Levon Hernandez, John Patterson, Tony Armas, and Esteban Lavazia. Who was the first pitcher to throw a pitch for the Washington Nationals? Um, I can tell this is going to be a straight guess. This is going to be a straight guess. Now I have you're no just idea. Looking, now you're just listening for names that played for that, the Nationals. I would bet, right? Not even. I can't okay. even tell. That's 2007. That they started. Is, yes, that was the year they came into existence. I know the stadium they played in originally was JFK Stadium, but that that's not, not the question. That was not the question, though, no. So Hernandez, <laughs> oh. Patterson, Armas, or Loisia? I'm going to say Patterson. That sounds like okay. a, a pitcher. It sounds like an old wrestling name, but no, it was Levon Hernandez. So that's uh, an X for Dylan on that one. All right, here we go. All right, all right this, is, 500. This, this, this is a fun one. I like this one. Which state has produced the most MLB players? So the most major league players have come from this state. And your choices are Texas, New York, Illinois, or California. Which state has produced the most MLB players? I'm going to go with California just because it's so huge. You are correct, sir. Good yes. choice. I would have went for Texas if I had Texas would have been my second. Yeah, Texas is big with football and prospects. And because of the warm weather, they can play year-round. But yes. California is correct. Good job. Yes. All right, here we go. Are you ready? On the yes. other end of the spectrum. Which oh state has produced the fewest MLB players? Idaho, Wyoming, <laughs> Rhode Island, or Alaska? The fewest MLB oh. players. Idaho, Wyoming, Rhode Island, or Alaska? It's got to be Alaska. Who's playing baseball in Alaska? <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> you, can't, you can't even play. I thought I'd trip you up with, like, uh, Wyoming Rhode or Island? Rhode Island, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Rhode Island because it's so small, but... yeah, but... All right, we'll see this last one. There we go. Batting 750 now? You're, you're batting pretty well. This is your fifth question here. Here we go. I had an easy one. I'm going to skip that. Okay, here we go. That one's easy, too. All right, Look we're going to Here we go. Here we go. Who was the first father and son to play a Major League Baseball game as teammates? As teammates. Was it A, Cecil and Prince Fielder? 
B, Cal and Cal Ripken Jr. and Sr. Tito Francona and Terry Francona. Or Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. Who is the first father-son to play as teammates. That's the key there, teammates. They played on the same The only team clips I ever see is, is the Griffeys. Okay. But I, I feel like it might be a trick question here. Fielder and Fielder. Ripken and Ripken. Francona and Francona or Griffey and Griffey. I'm gonna say Griffey Griffey. You are correct, sir. All right. Four out of five. Good. That was a that was a good haul. All right, so I'm gonna ask you something else here. We're gonna go. These are the bonus questions. These are bonus questions. I won't really count. These will just be for your general showing office. All right. Okay. These are just these have to do with payroll for 2023. I have here the top ten and the bottom ten payrolls this coming baseball season. I want to see if you can name. Let's see. Five out of the top ten and five out of the bottom ten payrolls. So let's do top payrolls first. Can you name five out of the top ten payrolls in the MLB for 2023? I know uh, three for sure. We got the Mets. Correct. The Dodgers. Correct. The Yankees. Correct. Two more. Can you give me two, two more? more? I'd imagine the Braves have to be on there. Braves are on there. Correct. That's okay. Four. One more. And... Huh. Let's say, what about the Cubs? The Cubs are not on there, sir. Ooh. I'm sorry. So you almost went five for five. So I will give you the full list here, and I'll give you the amounts here. The number one payroll in baseball this year are the New York Mets at $331 million. The Yankees come in at number two at 268 Look at that difference, 268 to yeah. $330. The Mets do not give a shit. They're paying whatever. Padres coming at number three at 251. Ah, that's the one. I Phillies coming at number four at 232. Really? Dodgers coming at number five at 216 or 218. The Blue Jays coming at number six at 206 yeah, that's million. One. The Braves at 191. Then the Angels at 183. Most of that is Mike Trout. And Otani. Uh, yes, well, not even Otani yet. It'll be Otani. I mean, what? He'll be making 50 next year. Then the Astros at 181, and then the Rangers at 180. So that's your top Wow, the Rangers are spending that much money? Spending 180, and look at that. They're, they're <laughs> they got the ground. Half, <laughs> half of what the Mets are at number one at 330. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. All right, so let's here's see if you can get five for five on the top 10 lowest payrolls in the MLB this year, 2023. You went four for five on that one. Let's see how you do for this one. Give me five uh, teams on the lowest payroll for 2023. Uh, we got Detroit Tigers. No, the Detroit Tigers what? are not in the bottom 10. So you get an X right out of the bat. They're not in the top 10. Wow. For lowest who are, payroll. Who are they paying? Javier Baez? Uh, still playing Mickey, probably, right? Is Mickey uh, off the yeah, bench Yeah, Mickey's still on there for, I think, $40 million a year or something. So. All right. We'll skip that one. We'll okay. pretend that didn't happen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we got the Reds. The Reds are on there, correct? $71 million. All right. Then we got the Nationals. The Nationals are on there at $78 million. Okay. Um, I want to say the Orioles because they are all the young kids. The Orioles are second lowest at $51 million. And they're getting good, so 50, watch out for them. Fifty-one million. God, okay, uh-huh. three. <laughs> that's three. Give me two more. 
I mean, one you should get that's a that's a no brainer. Like number one, you haven't got you know, it's just shocking to me. I mean, they've had nothing but a fire sale the last two years. Uh, their payroll was loaded before the fire. Miami sale. Marlins. They're on that list. They're number nine at eighty-one million, though. But that's still not the one I was thinking about. You're missing two real obvious ones. The fire sale. I mean, this team's literally just giving away everybody. The last we talked about them today, as far as fleece of the Yankees and trades. Oh, I'll give you Oakland A's. Oakland A's are the number one team coming in at forty-one million dollars this year. Ugh. And the other one Disgusting. I was thinking about for you was uh, the Tampa Rays, who notorious oh, not yeah. spend money. Yes, yeah. so that's four to five. I'll go over the list real quick. Forty-one million for Oakland, Baltimore number two at fifty-one, Pittsburgh fifty-six at three, Tampa sixty-two at four, Cincinnati seventy-one at five, Cleveland seventy-five at six. Wow, they overachieved for seventy-five million dollars. The Royals at seventy-seven at seven. That's what I was thinking. The Royals. The Nationals at seventy-eight for eight the marlins 81 for eight and the diamondbacks coming in at 102 million tenth lowest payroll which is not too bad i i the, the point that i want to make about this and i've talked about this on the show before baseball has to put in some kind of hard ceiling cap and a floor cap baseball is never going to succeed i shouldn't say it's never going to succeed they're doing fine but if they ever want to be have an actual competitive balance, you cannot have the Oakland A's spending forty-one million and the New York Mets spending three hundred and forty million. Yeah. You, you have a team spending three hundred million dollars more than another team, and they're going to both put on uniforms and play against each other. That's ridiculous. That's literally that's the New York Yankees coming down to play your kids' little league team. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not fair. It's ridiculous, and it's a joke that these. First of all, it's a joke that these teams can't do that because there's no way that Oakland needs to spend that little on their team. To me, you can have a competitive balance where you have a ceiling and a cap. Make the high cap 250 million. Make the low cap 150 million. It's absolutely doable. You cannot tell me that the Oakland A's can't spend 150 million on payroll. You can't tell me that the Yankees and the Mets can't be competitive with only spending 250 million. I mean, the Mets, the Yankees are only spending 260 now. But that is ridiculous. The fact that the Baltimore Orioles were competitive last year, spending 50 million dollars, is a joke. The fact that the Rays are the, competitive every year, spending the 60 million dollars. The Guardians played us tough in the playoffs, spending 75 million dollars. It can be done. It can be done. And the fact that the system is set up now where Steve Cohen is, is so that 200 and what do we say? $330 million that he's going to spend, almost 340 million. He's going to pay $80 million in taxes on top of that. So he's going to spend $400 million on payroll this year. And that $80 million is going to go to the A's, to the Orioles, to the Pirates, to the, to the Rays. And those guys can put that money right in their goddamn pocket. They don't have to spend it on players. Oh, yeah. They can do anything they want with it, which is absolutely a joke. That money needs to be, that money dollar for dollar should be required to be spent on players. If if the if the Oakland A's get eight million dollars in luxury tax money, that money should they shouldn't even be allowed to touch that money. That money should only go above and beyond their payroll. So if their payroll is forty one million dollars, think about what another eight million dollars could do for them. They immediately jump up to almost fifty million dollars in payroll, almost a ten million dollar bump. That money should be mandated that it goes there and not in their pockets. It's just a joke. It really is. And Oakland was a great ball. I mean, listen, they've been, they were like the Rays of the West. They're competitive for years with no payroll. Clearly, All they know sudden, how to though, do it. it yeah. ended. 
Well, I mean, I think I'm. Well, I did some research during the break. It looks like Billy Bean is not involved in the day to day now. He's doing some oh, kind no. of like Premier League soccer thing or something like that. So maybe that's why they decided to just give up. I don't know. But I mean, it's just it's a joke. Like you got to have some kind of competitive balance. Like you have to. Like listen, I'm a Yankee fan. I want them to spend money. I, I don't have a problem with them spending money because I know how expensive it is to be a Yankee fan. You yeah. guys know how expensive it is to be a Yankee fan. You want to go to a Yankee game? No matter where you're going, whether you're driving in, taking the train or whatever, you're going to take four people to a game. You're going to spend 300 bucks minimum. Easy. Easy. I mean, it's, it is what it is. You're going to buy merch. It's expensive. You're going to buy, um, if you're me and you're going to buy the package so that you can watch the games down here, that's another couple hundred bucks. You're going to spend money to be a Yankee fan, so I don't mind if they put the money in the team. If I'm a fucking Tampa Rays fan, like one of the buddies that I have down here, I don't know how you live with yourself. I don't understand it. Like, you're doing everything right. You're supporting your team. You're doing what you have to do. Um, maybe because they don't go to the games. Maybe because they don't have a stadium. I don't know. But to me, if these these areas, if Oakland can't support the team, they have to go to Las Vegas. It's not even a question. Although I would hate to see it because Oakland has a rich history. You got to move them. If Tampa can't support their team, they got to move to Montreal. They got to move somewhere else. If the local fan base, you can't support that team and you can't fill that stadium, they have to go. There should be rules in place where... If your attendance falls below a certain level throughout the course of the year and it falls below that level for three years, you should be forced to relocate the team. That's it. Three years. If, if you can't sell it, I mean, you saw the Oakland A's were outdrawn. They were outdrawn by college teams last mm-hmm. year. There were college teams that were outdrawing the, the Oakland Athletics. Didn't they have like, they caught a couple having sex in the stands last year? Yes. Yep. It's, it's, it's all it's, the way at the it's, top. It's, it's, it's fucking atrocious. This is a once proud franchise of, you know, Ricky Henderson and fucking, I, I just, I, I Reggie just, Jackson. Raleigh Fingers. Yes. I mean, these are Catfish Hunter. They were just great players. Dennis. I mean, Dennis Eckersley. I just, it, it's, it's, it's sad. And the Rays, as much as I hate the Rays because they're a pain in our ass down here, they do baseball the right way. Like, they play baseball hard, they, they have it figured out. Like, get them real owners, man. If these if these guys can't, I mean, look, every single team was profitable. Every single team made money last year. If you can't, why should what, what other business where you're failing, you don't win championships, you don't sell seats, you don't have a good TV package, you're basically failing in every aspect of the business, but you're making money. It doesn't work like that in real life. If you can't support your team, they need to move. The Rays missed the biggest opportunity of their life when they had that whole plan where they were going to go to Montreal for half the year and then play in Tampa for half the year. It was the golden ticket. It would have been perfect because even as a Rays fan, most Rays fans, I, I doubt, with 0.1% of the team guys are going to every home game. Now, yeah. instead of 80 home games, you have 40 home games. So now you can go to the games, and the 40 games that you do have, there's more fans in the seats because there are less games to go to. Montreal, they're going to sell out all 40. 41 games, 42 games. It's going to sell out there instantly. So now you have a you have a fan base. You have a, There's some buzz around your team. You can make some more money. Guess what? That money, hopefully, you spend on players. I just I don't get it, man. I know the word is that Oakland is going to go to Las Vegas, right? And it looks yeah, like the, the Raiders the and the hockey team are getting supported out there. So that's good, I guess. But... No. But who lives in Las Vegas? I don't imagine. You can... I guess no. A lot of people do now. I guess there's a lot of people that have moved there now. Um, but it's just like the, the the philosophy that I have with the Rays down here is like, I said move them to Orlando if that's the case. You want to keep them in Florida, move them to Orlando. Even if you don't get a loyal fan base of people who live in Orlando, even if it's just tourists, 
who decide they're down here for a week to do Disney Universal and one day they're going to go to the game because the Red Sox are playing the, the Rays. So what? It's yeah. better than nothing. You know what I mean? It's like I'm, I'm a big professional wrestling fan. And back when wrestling was struggling, they moved wrestling into Universal Studios or, or Walt Disney Studios. And they weren't wrestling fans that came. There were people that were in the park that were like, oh, they have free wrestling and it's air conditioned. They went in and they watched wrestling, but at least it was a full crowd. You know what I mean? So I just, I just don't understand it. I'm, I'm sorry, I'll never understand it. Like, you know, I, I, and I know I'm a Yankees fan and I'm a spoiled, but and it comes from years and years of tradition. But that being said, if you can't support your team, you need to move. Like, they're tarp. Oakland and Tampa are the two stadiums that tarp off their whole upper deck. Like, what are you doing here? Either that, or move to a minor league ballpark. Go to a to go to California where there's a AAA ballpark. And go play your games there where there's only 6,000 seats and you'll sell it out and it'll look way better on TV. <clears throat> it looks awful. Like these blue tarps over. Oh, my God. At least Oakland, I guess they put the numbers up there, like the retired numbers. Tampa, yeah. they just throw a blue tarp over the seats. Yeah, we're well, they done. don't have any numbers yeah. that are retired. <laughs> what a joke. It's just a joke. Anyway. All right. So let's get to the mailbag questions, guys. Thank you for your feedback. I will say... Um, Randomly, Dylan, I don't know if you've looked at this, but the YouTube clips that I put up um, are getting decent numbers. Like the, 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 the full episodes that we're putting up there get about the same views as the audio listenership. So people are listening to it, so I appreciate that. Um, it's about 100, 100 plus listens to each episode on there. But the short clips I put up from yesterday randomly, two of the clips I put up there have 500 views. So, um, yeah, so that's, I think they're, was it a YouTube short? I don't know what it is because if you do a short it's like TikTok, oh, and so people, people will just, just scroll click on it look yeah, yeah look at it quickly maybe that's what it was but um those are I'll, big those are big i'll continue to put stuff up there um and and if you guys look at it that's great if you don't listen however you consume the show it's great our numbers have been great the audio i'm only we're only putting the youtube up there just as another way for you guys to consume the audio it's definitely not a tv broadcast it's really just i know people for some reason listen on youtube work or whatever maybe they're at their desk or whatever if that's the way you would consume the show that's great you do get minus the clips and stuff because i can't play certain audio on youtube or they will take it down but um we appreciate your support rich core yanks podcast is where you're going to find everything else you go to youtube just search rich core yanks um it's actually rich core yanks like 39 50, something like that just search rich core yanks and it'll come up we're the only thing you'll see the logo there With all the, the social media picture. feeds yeah you'll see us there um, so continue to support us there. We appreciate it. Any questions you have, feel free to send them in. And speaking of questions, that leads to our first question today. It's from Dom. Good transition. Is, Dom says, is this team better or worse than the team that got beat by the Astros last year? Dylan, the question from Dom is, right now, are we a better team or a worse team than last year? Not many changes. I would, I, I would say, like you said, pretty much the same team. I mean, we got minus Italian and... Um, we added on dome but i'd say that's a plus that's pretty much him, yeah. yeah yeah um you you lose ben Nintendi, um yeah. which was hurt at the end of the but year he, anyway. yeah he wasn't there at that he wasn't there for the astros series that's so. true so um yeah i mean i mean guys we were just we we're essentially running it back i mean i guess you could look at it like hopefully you get a full healthy year for rizzo stanton and judge maybe um maybe cabrera continues to grow maybe um, the shortstop situation ends up being Peraza or it ends up being Volpe at some point. And that's a change for you. Um, I got to tell you something just as a side note, Donaldson, 
looked fucking jacked yesterday. Donaldson and Bader looked like they've put on some muscle during the offseason. These guys look, they, they're ripped yesterday. Donaldson mm-hmm. was, I mean, I had to, to take a second look at him. I was like, is that fucking Donaldson? He was, he was jacked out of his mind. So I mean, you can be ripped, but if you're not hitting the ball. I, again, Bader too. Bader, Bader was all muscle. He was solid. He was like a rock yesterday. So, um, yeah, I think these, this team will be better just from experience level. Like you get a full year of Bader. What did we get a Bader last year? What, a month? Yeah. A month of Bader. Just and about. he really started coming on in the playoffs. So maybe a full season of Bader. Uh, maybe Donaldson's got something to prove. I have my sleeper pick for the year is going to be IKF. I think IKF's going to have a good, strong start to the year, and I think he's going to play well for us. I think he will ultimately be our third baseman. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I know nobody thinks it can happen, but I think Donaldson ends up getting moved towards the trade deadline. Um, I think we end up eating a lot of his contract if he continues to struggle. They slide IKF over to third for the rest of the year and give that that shortstop job to Barraza uh, or, or Cabrera or whoever. But we'll see. But to answer Dom's question, thank you for the question. First of all, I think they're about the same. I think it's this them yeah. running it back. Slight think, improve. Yeah, slight. I think Rodon is an improvement over Jamison Tyon, although he had a really good year last year, so we'll see. Yeah, and then you got the can man in the bullpen. That's it. And hopefully with King being healthy and all these guys healthy in the bullpen, I would say that Tommy Canely kind of picks up that Chad Green role maybe yeah. of that multiple inning guy. So I would say they're about the same there. So The only sketchy thing I think is can Clay Holmes be the closer? We'll yeah. have to see. You know, is he gonna? You know, is he gonna be that guy? We'll see. If not, I still say uh, Johnny, Johnny Lasagna. Lasagna. Yeah, I think he's your closer in the future. All right. All right so the up and end seg- segment is from Mike from New Jersey. Here we go I, again. I read these word for word, guys, especially the up and ends. If you two buffoons knew just one more thing about the Yankees and baseball in general, then you would know exactly one thing about the Yankees and baseball. So, Mike from New Jersey, first of all. You're from New Jersey, so that's well, disgusting. <laughs> breaks out the buffoon comment. Not not a comment that you hear an insult very often, which yes. leads me to believe Mike might be an older gentleman because buffoon's not something you bring out. But I, I admire his articulate statement saying, if we knew one more thing about the Yankees in baseball, that would, we would know exactly one thing. So I give him but credit not, for that. Not only did he say buffoons, but he used the wrong new in the sentence right don't you copy and paste them i do copy and paste them yes so he forgot the yes. k in oh new. dylan if, if you're looking for grammatical looking errors for, yeah they, they, it's a whole nother thing because some of this stuff is 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 illegible. some of the comments that i get are really bad like so i get comments where people i don't know if they're listening to the wrong show or something i had a comment a couple weeks ago where a guy told us our takes on the new french film were completely out of line or something like that and i'm like all right this guy's clearly listening to the wrong show so I don't know what's going French on. Or not. I don't, yeah, <laughs> our takes on a French <laughs> film were completely wrong, and I'm like, dude, I, I, Rich Corey Yanks is a very hard name. There's not, there's nothing like when you Google it, we come up. There's nothing else Rich Corey Yanks out there in the universe. There's yeah. nothing close. It doesn't sound like anything. I can understand if the show is Yanks something. Maybe you think it's a porn site. I don't know, <laughs> but there's nothing going to come up when you do Rich Corey Yanks. We are the first thing that come up. So. Anyway, that being said, guys, we are over. Let me see. Let me give you a running time. Oh, I wanted to give you. Can we get a new country? A new tally, because I don't know what the tally is, but we're up to 26 countries. Wow. I want to say that that was more than before. So I'm going to give you the rundown, and you tell me if one of these new countries stands out, because I was trying to look at it, and I couldn't figure out where they were from or where the new country was from. But I'm going to give it to you here. Let's see. 
Uh, first of all, we're uh, just under 54,000 listens. We're at 53,614, so thank you guys for that. And our audience for countries, here they go. Are you ready? I'm going to rattle them off. You tell me if one right. sticks out. United States, Germany, Puerto Rico, the UK, Ireland, Canada, Nigeria, Vietnam, Brazil, the Netherlands, India, Poland, Malaysia, Morocco, Saudi Arabia, Australia, China, Indonesia, Taiwan, Norway, the Bahrain, Switzerland, New Zealand, Lebanon, Italy, uh, Kuwait, and France. I'm that's leaning the French toward, film. I'm, le- I'm leaning towards the new ones being Lebanon and Kuwait. I don't think Kuwait was yeah. a country. So I'm surprised Lebanon Nigeria is Kuwait. on there. Nigeria's, Nigeria's been, been on there for a while. Yeah, that one's uh, been there for a while. But I want to say our new our new listeners, might, it might even be three new ones. It might be France, Kuwait, and Lebanon that are new. Mm. So welcome to all you guys who are listening in Kuwait right now or Lebanon or what is our favorite country? The ba- what is it? Bahran. That's, Bahran. That's the top one. That's our country of uh, favorite there. So no, all jokes aside, guys, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, and when I see the numbers every week, it makes me happy that somebody's out there enjoying the show besides just us doing it, shooting the shit about the Yankees. So we appreciate your support. Tell a friend if you like it. Again, guys, I took the commercials out. The little bit of money we were getting for it was not worth aggravating your time with the 30-second commercial, to be very honest with you. So um, we do it for the love of the game. We will be back next week with another show. More trivia. Dylan will try to keep his streak going, his winning streak of one Four in out a row. of five. Four out of five. We're going to keep track. If you guys have any questions that you'd like to give Dylan, feel free to yeah, shoot them throw our them in way. There. Yeah, throw them in the mailbag. Best way is... Um, richcoryanks at gmail.com or anything else that you want to share if you want any more pictures or any more videos from yesterday's uh trip to yankee camp uh, please feel free to reach out i'll send them your way no problem no questions asked but that being said though and i think that's going to do it for this week another episode in the books of the rich coryanks podcast by the time we talk next week we will have uh, spring training games that will have been done and we'll be able to talk about real baseball so that being Until said, next week. guys, have a great week and go Yankees. Frankie Montas is going to have shoulder surgery, and they say he could be back by the end of the year. I wouldn't bet that way. And uh, it's it's just an awful look for the trade. An awful look because you can't say, hey, people can get injured. They acquired him. And he was injured. He had had shoulder problems in mm-hmm. Oakland. They traded really good players to get him. J.P. Sears, who really could be a fifth starter for a lot of teams. Ken Waldachuk, who has a big upside. Luis Medina and then an infielder, Cooper Bowman. That, that's a nice return for the A's. And this was a guy that they acquired to be the second pitcher behind Garrett Cole. Mm. Now, you can't go crazy about him missing this year because, let's all be honest with each other, he was going to be the fifth starter. Mm -hmm. So now it puts a lot of pressure on the Yankees and their depth. And we'll see if Domingo Herman could step up and be that guy. Clark Schmidt could step up and be that guy. But that was their depth. So all of a sudden, they're into their depth. Domingo Herman was the guy who could have worked out of the bullpen. Now he's the fifth starter. Clark Schmidt will battle Domingo Herman. He's another guy who could pitch out of the bullpen. He might be their fifth starter. Frankie Montas, anybody plans for him to be back in the second half of the season, they're kidding themselves. But here's the one question that's never answered for me, I never, and I, it's not just with this particular injury. 
The guy was hurt at the end of last year. Why didn't he have the surgery in October? So maybe the possibility of him coming back in August would have been a realistic one. Why do you wait until uh, the middle of February to say, yeah, he's going to have surgery? I know that they always try their damnedest. Well, well, we'll try rest and rehab, and but an injury is an injury that has to be taken care of. And once the fact came out that the Yankees announced, well, he was going to miss uh, a lot of spring training as he rehabbed his shoulder. It wasn't getting better. When you have shoulder problems, there's reasons you have shoulder problems. There's something endemically wrong uh-huh. in the shoulder, and they should have had it taken care of. Montas should have had it taken care of. So that trade with the A's was an absolute epic fail. Epic. And I know what they did. I'm not excusing them for it. They didn't get Luis Castillo. And they had to pivot and get somebody. And the second best pitcher they felt on the market was Frankie Montas. But, you know, just because you saw a car that's gorgeous, you know, a Maybach. But the Maybach had been totaled before, had a bad transmission. You don't get it because it's a Maybach. Frankie Montas, when he's healthy, really good. But the Yankees acquired damaged goods, Don, and now you can't be surprised that the damage has to be corrected. I I don't know why why handling pitchers is such Tonka truck, right? They don't get the surgery right away. Hopefully it'll heal on its own. Let's not not put them in an MRI tube, guys, because we might find something that we don't want to see. It's amazing these injuries that they get. Hey, on on a day where guess who didn't pitch, who's going to be not pitching the next week or so? In Texas. Did Jacob. you see that? Yeah. Jacob DeGrom, tightness on his left side. He's going to be out for the next couple of days. It's just amazing to me. And I'm not trying to pick on Jacob DeGrom. I'm just talking about pitchers in general. Peter and I talked last summer to we were blue in the face about why all the money for these pitchers, and they constantly get hurt. So when you acquire someone that's already been hurt, Michael, what do you think is going to happen? Now, they've got depth, but they lose a little bit of that depth because he's going to be out until late summer. And then it'll be something else. Like, you're trying to build and acquire pitchers and get depth because at any moment these guys could end up breaking down, missing starts, end up on the IL. It is incredible trying to handle the health of a pitcher. It's almost impossible. Now, here is Aaron Boone during his presser today from Tampa, and he was asked what happened with Montas. It's been a couple different shutdowns where he was getting built up, and then he went out and saw Elitrage, who cleared him to, to go again. He was building back up, and just still wasn't quite right, so went back, and now we've gotten to the point where they're going to go in, and they'll scope it, and we'll have a better idea of the time frame once that happens on the 21st, and then hopefully he's here a few days later. There is absolutely no way that you can depend on him coming back at any time this season. And remember, when they got Carlos Rodon, well, then all of a sudden you, you talked about the you know the embarrassment of riches that the Yankees wow. had. You have Garrett Cole, you have Rodon, you have Luis uh, Severino, you have Nestor Cortez, and then Frankie Montas is your fifth hey, my, starter. My, you, need, you need 10. You need 15. You need 20. It's it's ridiculous. Think of all the great pitching staffs recently. Oh, the Mets had an embarrassment of riches, Michael. Look at all the great starters, the good young starting pitcher they have. You know, whether it's DeGrom, Harvey, Syndergaard, um, Mats, and everybody gets hurt. It's like So you look at it, how often do you go through an entire season with all five of your pitchers healthy? You go out and acquire guys just to see him get hurt or somebody else get hurt, where now the guy that you acquired is pitching, you know, deeper or higher in the rotation because of injury. So I don't know what's enough. I don't know if there's enough. Five, six, seven, whatever it is, doesn't ever seem to be enough because just when you think you've got, you check the box on pitchers, almost the next day somebody gets hurt. 
It's amazing. Pitching is the lifeblood of the sport, and it's the most fragile thing, I think, in sports. And I think there's going to be an added thing to look at. And we're going to talk to Buster only at 4 o'clock, who actually was at a rules seminar today in Dunedin and knows all the ins and outs of all the new rules. But the velocity of pitchers is what's driven the sport the last couple of years. Well, you have to pitch now 15 seconds after you get the ball. So the, the days of Araldus Chapman walking around the backside of the mountain mm-hmm. to regather himself and then do max effort and throw 100 miles an hour, I think velocity is going to be down, and you wonder if that's going to affect arms as well. Will they try to recreate the velocity without well, reconditioning the body You know, with a 30-second respite? Is that going to lead to more arm problems? And they baby arms. They really do. And they pay for arms. Look at the Mets are paying for two 40-year-old pitchers. Yeah, because you need it. And you, and you need more of it. Mm. And you know it's good. Write it down, Peter. Write it Write down. Write it down right now, Peter. Right. Write it down. Put it in my notes. In ink. Mm-hmm. There will be a pitcher that gets hurt during the season and will blame the clock. Guaranteed. Oh, absolutely. That's because they happen. were taken out of their comfort zone. I remember Michael telling me, but Mike, Mike Messina didn't want to go to Japan, you know, because it took him out of his comfort zone. Pitchers are creatures of habit. They don't talk to the media before the start, during the start, after a start. Like, so all of a sudden, everything that they've done changes because of the clock. And whether it's because of it or not, you know, they'll say, well, this pitch clock took me out of my rhythm, forced me to pitch when I wasn't mentally ready to do it, and I hurt myself. Get lock. Guaranteed. I think you're right. Um, this, to me, just goes to, and you guys, I'm sure, saw uh, DeGrom wasn't ready to go today. Unbelievable. Right. Uh, I, I know you're going to think I'm stupid. I'm taking a risk by saying something this bold as a baseball take because it's so Do easy it. for people to say I'm a moron. It's the most no. overpaid position in all sports. It has it's, to be. It's, there's no, to me, it's treated like quarterback, but it's not quarterback. Especially because they baby them and they don't let them pitch nine innings. So you're not getting out of them what you hope you're going to get. The likelihood of getting hurt is so high. And ultimately, you can have a great um, pitching staff. And if you don't have the run support, you can't win anyway. So I don't know why they are the highest paid player on a team instead of your best because, everyday player. Because it's still, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, it's still the most important position on the team. It's almost impossible to win without quality pitching. So they have to pay for it. But at the end of the day, we're not getting Jack Morris pitching into the 10th inning of Game 7 of the World Series. We're getting six innings, more out of your bullpen, uh, guys getting hurt, making 30 starts instead of 38 when we were growing up. So you're getting less bang for your buck. But if you don't have it, you got no shot. You said yourself that you had a good season last year, a great season. I apologize if I'm misquoting you. But then did it hurt more the way it ended? Well, I mean, we got waxed. So, you know, anytime you get waxed, it doesn't feel good, whether you're going to the salon or you're on the baseball field. So, (laughs) There's only one thing to do. i got to get waxed. I've never been waxed before. I can't see eye to eye with Garrett Cole on this. You see the off-season moves of the Yankees. Uh, their judge deal was the biggest deal. And, Sean, i got to believe that's going to make our next guest pretty happy. Oh, you kidding me? He's going to be so fired up. Joining us now, my great friend, one of my favorite teammates of all time, the Yankees manager. I can't believe I'm saying that all these years later. Aaron Boone. What's up, Booney? How we doing, brother? Uh, uh- 
I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? I'm a little disappointed, Case. You don't have the three-piece suit going to me, but I can't have it all. You know what? It, 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 the season hasn't started yet, Booney. That only comes out during the season, my man. You know what I mean? I, I got you. Dude, how's it going down good there? Good to be on with you guys. Dude, good to be on with you, man. How's it going so far, man? You, know, you got some players down there. I know for you, you're ready to go. What's it like down there at camp right now? Yeah, it's going really well. Um, you know, we had, we had a number of guys actually that have been here for a couple weeks. Some guys live here. Uh, Aaron Judge lives down here. So uh, there's been a lot of our guys that have been down here for a couple weeks going into the complex, our minor league complex every day. A uh, number of guys have, have thrown live. Today was our first workout for pitchers and catchers. So uh, getting the lives going, getting the pitch clock going, getting them on that pitch clock and, and trying to uh, shorten that curve. Uh, but, but it's good to be back and going and down in Florida. The weather down here is great right now. So um, just excited to, to kick off today and, and welcome in the position players here in a few more days. Are you expecting some pitchers and maybe even position players to have a hard time with the pitch clock? Yeah, I think it's going to be, look, I think it's going to be an adjustment for everybody. Um, I think for some it'll be a small adjustment. For others, it's going to take a little bit more time, and I'm glad that uh, Major League Baseball has put this rule into place in game one of spring training. So that learning curve is going to happen over five, six weeks in spring training. I think that's going to serve everyone really well. Um, I think there'll be a handful of guys, a small group that, you know, are still making real adjustments as we get into the regular season. Um but but that's also part of it. I think we're going to look up, you know, a couple months into the season, and it's going to be second nature to everyone. And I think in the end is going to be something that serves our sport really well and serves our product really well. You know, Booney, spring training brings about a lot of optimism, but occasionally you have injuries that you have to deal with as well. Frankie Montas, an injury to his shoulder. Uh, when did you guys find out about that? Well, I mean, he's he's been dealing with it on and off, you know, uh, really since we got him, you know, we, we, we had to shut him down a little bit late. He was able to come back for the postseason out of the bullpen. And then at two different times when he was ramping up this, this winter, um, he just couldn't quite get over the hump. Uh, you know, it, it, early on in the offseason, uh, he was struggling a little bit. And then, you know, he went out and saw Dr. Elitraz. He was cleared to, to ramp back up again. And, and as he was getting where he was really stretching out, it just wasn't quite feeling like like it needed to feel and uh they've decided to go in now and have this scope and uh you know hopefully that's all it is and and he can get back to us at some point in the year but certainly when you're talking about a guy of of frankie's caliber and uh you know it's it's definitely a blow one that we feel like we can withstand but but no question a blow and and just you know a little bump for him because you know he never really got to show here the kind of pitcher that we know he is Booney, you got two of the best prospects in baseball in Peraza and Volpe. You know, you get a chance to see at spring training. Is there any scenario where you think both of those guys can make the opening day roster? Any scenario, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, initially both would, would probably be a little bit of a stretch, but, you know, you never know. I mean, we got a long ways between now and the end of March. And then I would say, you know, you know, everyone gets, 
you know, uber focused on, uh, and understandably so, on opening day. What's the roster? What's the lineup on opening day? But that continues to evolve as well. You know, you may have a completely different scenario a week, 10 days, two weeks, a month into the season, uh, especially when you have the competition that we're going to have going on uh, really for a number of spots. You know, I feel like there's a, at bats up for grabs, which is, which is something that I'm excited for. And we feel like we have a lot of really good options um, that are competing for those at bats. You know, Aaron, when you think about the postseason last year, I thought the big contact bat you were missing was DJ LeMahieu, who couldn't make the post. Uh, how's his health and how's he looking here early in spring? Yeah, DJ looks great. Uh, you know, we're really excited about where he's at. Really, the last month and a half, um, he's really turned a corner. Um, he's been down here now for a few weeks doing everything. He's going to be full go from the get-go. So excited about where he's at. And, and there's no question. I, I think it's a little bit underrated how great a season DJ was having for us before he got injured. He ended up playing probably three, four weeks after he, after the injury, and his numbers kind of suffered. But up until that point, especially hitting in front of Judge, he was he was so impressive for us. So he's he's so important to our team. He's so important to our lineup. So keeping him healthy is going to be critical. But right now, he's in a really good place. Uh, the baseball world is reacting to the sad news of uh, Tim McCarver's passing. Uh, your father, Bob Boone, was teammates with Tim. I wonder if you have any memories of the late Tim McCarver. Yeah, um, you know, Timmy, I've known since I was a little kid, running around in, in the clubhouse in Philadelphia. And he was always someone that at at a very young age to me was very kind was very nice his charisma always stood out to me even as a as a young benchmark he was the guy he was who you tried to learn the most from or emulate in some way because he was kind of the Joe Garagiola of our era but you think of the legacy he left and the life he lived you know I, I think of Bob Gibson and him and the world championship uh, Cardinals him and Steve Carlton and then going on to have the, obviously the broadcasting career but a great man, a kind man, and uh, uh, somebody that will absolutely be missed. And today's a sad day for our baseball world. Yeah, I mean, he inspired so many big leaguers to get into broadcasting because he was so likable. No question. And, and, and I'm thinking about your time at ESPN. You were incredibly likable. Sean, world. And you two guys <laughs> sitting on a bench on the same team. And someday, you being a manager, you're both got, you both got into TV. Is there a chance Sean Casey can manage someday? <laughs> hey, Case, Case, Case can do anything he wants. I've tried to hire Case a couple times. He keeps shunning me. So you, you got to get off, you, you got to get out of the out from the desk to even have a chance. So I don't even know. Well, he's so dapper now. One of these days, bro, we'll be in the dugout together. One of these days. Uh, you, you I'll got, be long gone by then, baby. You, you guys are paying for two piece suits. He needs three piece suits. <laughs> Good point. That's a good point, Ronnie. Aaron Boone, so great to catch up with you. Have a terrific 2023 season. We'll be watching, my friend. Awesome. Great to see you guys. Take care. Way to legacy status in the Bronx. The great Aaron Judge, Rookie of the Year, four-time All-Star. And, of course, what he did in 2022, we will not forget. Uh, still ahead, one of the 29 teams that couldn't land Aaron Judge in free agency. Well, they've got stars of their own. We come back. The architect of the St. Louis Cardinals, John Mosellock, joins us on MLB Tonight. Don't go anywhere.
Well, he really hit the shit out of that one, didn't he? <laughs> Like yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that, he hit the fucking bull. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah, I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teed off in that like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him. 